What's up, everyone? I'm Kelly Walters, and today for our Heat Press for Profit podcast, we are live at the 2023 NFL Draft in Kansas City. And our guest today is Caitlin Andrew, and I cannot wait to share all of her knowledge and information with you guys. Now, like I said, we are live, so if you hear a whole bunch of construction noise, then just know that they are still getting set up here. Now, Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank But you. tell me a little bit about your role as a project manager at our Decoration Fulfillment Center, which some of you guys may know as Stahl's DFC. Yeah, so Stahl's DFC is located in Pennsylvania. I am the project manager, and I handle both internal projects as well as external. So that is with our partners and other vendors. Um, and because of the demands the past couple of years for on-site experiences and activations, that's kind of been my focus, um, I would say, over the past two years. So I know it's going to, I'm just throwing this out there, but how many have you done? Do you even know? Do you keep track? I don't track? know if I want to keep track. <laughs> They're all super unique and they um, are so much fun. Some are really long, could be 15 days, um, and some are just temporary, like three days. Um, some we don't even have to go on site for. It could just be the coordination and the planning before and ahead of time. Um, so I don't know if I have a number specifically, I know, but I'm it's, definitely, it it's, it's definitely up there enough for it to be a full-time position and probably Keep could you swamped myself and probably the rest of the company. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So for those of you that are not aware of what an activation is, an activation can take place at an event, but I thought it'd be best to really kind of dive into what an activation is just because it not only gives us a, an incredible opportunity to be in the, you know, kind of the front lines with our customers and their customers, but it gives you an opportunity as well as a decorator. So tell us like, how would you describe what an activation is or what can it um, consist of? Yeah, so like I mentioned, every single project that we do is extremely unique. Um, and activation is kind of a loose term. Um, and depending on what our vendors' interests are and what their goals are for that event is kind of how we gauge what type of activation we'll be offering to them. So we usually start our conversation with our vendors, understanding the requests. Um, and usually the constant variable between all of them is the experience. They're right. after the experience for uh, customers, I would say 75% of them actually deal with the general public and that could be having a small booth as a part of a customization area where they're able to take maybe their merchandise and then we're just there on site to customize those pieces just to really give that customer an experience from start to finish. Um, but then some could be behind the scenes, which is a great example yeah. <laughs> of here why we're at the draft. Um, we've been doing the draft now for over a decade, as well as the combine too. Um, but I mean, there's just so many different styles and types of activations. Again, it's a very loose term and we always just want to cater to what our vendors and our partners are wanting. So in, in terms of an activation, if somebody is contacting you to basically come and help with a pop-up shop, I kind of associate it as a, a pop-up shop, right? Yeah. Because it's, it could be a couple days, it could be two weeks, but it's for an extended period of time. And the whole point is to have that customization 
organization feel with their apparel. So whether they're branding a particular logo, they want a personalization on the back, um, even I'm, I'm assuming like sports teams, if they're doing a logo on the front and maybe a chosen name on the back, you can have that opportunity to have a little bit deeper customization versus just initials like we'll be doing at one of the locations this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So we do a lot of sports events. And so usually they are interested in having a name and number on the back. Um, but even for other clients, we could start with a blank slate and they would want a full customization piece on the front that maybe is pre-done. Mm -hmm. And then we are providing the transfers to go on the back. Um, so a lot of different avenues you can go and directions. And it really just depends on what they um, want to get out of that event. So what's the first question that you typically ask, or maybe it's a series or a couple of questions. If somebody's calling you and they're like, hey, Caitlin, we've got this idea, right? Because there's so much that encompasses that with logistics, uh, finances, who's doing the application, um, the garments, you know, all of those things have to be considered. So how do you start the conversation? We definitely have a checklist. Again, every single one is unique, but that checklist kind of helps us dictate which direction we're going to go in. So that checklist could be, let's go to the basics first. When is the event? How long is the event? And then really, what are your goals out of this? So we know that we're able to fulfill that for them. Mm -hmm. And then based off that information, we can then decide if they want to hire our staff to yep. be there on site, or there's other scenarios where we could train their staff and then they could actually do the fulfillment on site themselves. So once you start the conversation and we know that there can always be a lot of moving parts, a lot of changed minds, ups and downs, right? So if somebody's wanting to kind of get started in offering activations or pop-up shops, um, at what point do you feel it's best to have maybe separate equipment or even looking for outside help and support just depending on the event? I think it depends on obviously what type of event. I think it's always, it makes our customers feel more comfortable to have at least one of our representatives on site just to make sure that even if we are training and teaching, we have someone to kind of oversee the equipment piece of it. But most of our com or partners will actually purchase the equipment. So then they own it at that point okay. because they also know the demands that this sure. isn't probably going to be their only event that they're going to yep. do with us. So then that way they can continue to hold on to that equipment and it usually logistically ships out to the rest of their so events. It's, it's really not a, a one and done yeah the the event might be a one and done or the theme but at the end of the day the person that you're working with the brand or the event host they can utilize that equipment that they've purchased and use it over a period of time yeah. and really just kind of maximize their in investment in it. Now I understand that like at the decorator, right? If, if somebody is wanting to start this type of process, then investing in new equipment or equipment that can travel, I think is always extremely important. Having that um, efficiency at a live event mm -hmm. is key, right? Because nobody needs a press to blow or nobody needs the heating element to go out. So really, really keep in mind the equipment that you take to events and make sure that um, you have the necessary tools to get it to and from. Yeah, of <laughs> I course. Mean, we're working, uh, we'll, we'll see what a table looks like uh, today, but or not today, but tomorrow. 
yeah, you never know what you're going to walk into, but I would say the types of equipment or the pieces of equipment that we have to offer, I mean, you can interchange all the platens, so you're not limited to what you're even decorating. I say the equipment is your base and that usually remains the same. And then you can always add on items if yep. you're gonna be doing a sleeve versus a leg. If you're gonna be doing hats, we usually recommend that you have our 360. So that remains the same, but then you can always add on different types of transfers and different finishes. So you can always start with one thing, one offering for that event, and then see what the next event and holds and add on to it after that. How many pieces or I guess selections would you recommend somebody first starting in this type of world to really kind of offer at any type of event? So for most of our temporary activations or ones that are going to be just a pop-up and they're only going to be there for that weekend, always stay extremely small. Um, you can always add on later, but to me, what you're selling to this customer or presenting is the experience. Yeah. And if you have a huge full menu, then it's going to take that fan or who, that customer a really long time to go over all the offerings, see what they want. It's going to elongate the process of the line. Mm -hmm. And then even for production, your operator at the piece of equipment is going to have to then look at whatever work order is there and decipher what's going on the shirt, which will also add another element of time too. Sure. So the more that you can simplify, we definitely recommend that. And that's the been better. our most successful <laughs> events, whether you stay with only hats because there's usually not size sure. differences. So then you only are doing a flat bill versus a curved bill. And then you're able to add maybe three to four different options of patches. That alone is giving that customer the experience of being able to select it, maybe choose a couple placements, but really having everything simplified is key. Do you find that we do these things for the experience, right? It's to yeah. have people feel like they are a part of something and have that, that memory. So when it comes to the decoration that's being used or the logo, do you find that maybe the um, experience of going in and going, I want this with that is more important than say the amount of options? So instead of having four or five different options for people to choose from. It's really about going in and going, I would like this or I got it at, you know, set place. Yeah, and I think because we have been with this industry for so long and we know what works and what doesn't, like allow us to kind of figure out what would be the coolest product for what you what your goals are and what you're after. So then we've already done the research for them. We've already figured out the best placements. So we've really done that to set a tone for how their customer is going to select the offerings. Now, um, how many people do we have? Not how many, but uh, estimated. I know deep questions with a lot of a uh, lot of <laughs> lot of answers needed. But do we have a lot of repeat, um, say, customers that are coming back and okay, we did this event and now here's our idea for this next event? Yeah, of course. So one vendor that we. Um, have really built a lot of traction with and we love to be a partner with is Noble. We started doing the CrossFit games for them, I believe it was two to three years ago. Um, and since then they've grown tremendously and they recently just did the combine. And since then they've done added on a few other different events as well. But absolutely, I think almost every single vendor that we've worked with has continued to 
grow just because of the demand of this experience? I mean, it definitely says something about their experience with working with you, right? Because you're the project manager of this, so I'm sure you are the, the front and center of all of, all of the logistics. Um, do you help them formulate ideas or they, they say, hey, we'd like to do this, and you can kind of paint them a picture of even you know a more efficient way or um, a prettier way, right? That's your yeah. creating experience. <laughs> I think, I mean, you nailed it. Pretty much you are building a relationship with them at first. And once you build that trust and you guys establish like, okay, this is what I know their brand. I know what they want. I can go now research and try to eliminate those options for them and then have a presentation. And then it just smooths the process. It makes it go a little bit quicker. And they trust in what we have to offer to them because they know that we've been doing this for a really long time and we want the best for our partners as well. Um, what is the best way for somebody that's kind of curious about this process to either get in touch with you or somebody at DFC? What is kind of, what does that channel look like? So we actually just did a full rebrand of our division. So you can actually go onto our website, which is cool because on our experiences tab, you can go through um, a lot of the projects that we've been doing over the past two years and you get a little bit more information oh, awesome. as to um, temporary versus permanent activations. Some are in arenas and they're year round. Um, there's a lot of videos on there just to kind of get a better understanding of what you could really do. Now with a permanent activation, um, is the stalls team still coming in and assisting with that? Or is that more about um, them having trained individuals that are now working those activations? So we've had um, one project with Miami Heat and it is a permanent pop-up. It's actually a two-story double-decker and on the top of that floor is actually where the production is being fulfilled and made. And then there's a garment rack that goes to the first floor to deliver That's these awesome. custom pieces um, and kiosks down at the bottom so the customers are able to go through their orders. We were there on site to make sure that everything was good to go. Obviously a huge um, development with the planning and coordinating all of that and making sure that the counter height was ready for our equipment and the flow of how that was all going to work yeah. was very streamlined. But then after that, we just did on-site training for a couple of days. Since then, they've been able to run it fully on their own, and then they'll just do their reorders with transfers um, with us. How long did it take for that one? Because I know that one was a big, big um, accomplishment, yeah. um, as well as a setup. But how, what was the, the timeline on when they started the communication and really kind of going into open they all start to blur together but i would say that one was probably around a six month um time frame okay and obviously if we have a year that's great depending on what you need to really plan right. and and go with but we've even done an activation within two weeks before and so permanent right because permanent and temporary going to be two different completely different types of um I don't, I don't want to say outlines, but flows, what the overall maybe goal is, especially since it's going to be a permanent event. Absolutely. But um, if that one took six months, 
was the one that took maybe two weeks more temporary or have you done a permanent in two weeks as well? We have not done a permanent in two weeks. <laughs> I don't know if that's in our future. Um, just because you, we want to do it right. You know, We want to make sure that everything has been accounted for. We've checked all of our boxes. Um, maybe it's possible and practical if the space was already built and we're just going in there for like an add-on customization piece. Um, but from start to finish, I would say we need a little bit longer than that. Sure. To oh, I'm, I can only imagine. <laughs> so um, if there is any advice that you could give to somebody either looking to um, work with DFC, yourself as well, or really kind of starting into activations, how would you talk, like, what would you say? What would you recommend? Honestly, I think the best piece of advice for me was putting myself in that customer's shoes and kind of doing like a dress rehearsal or a walk through yourself and go from start at point A to point B and be like, how did I get from this area to the next? And then take yourself into the operator's role and say, what do I need to make this a a complete event. So just kind of running through, putting yourself in their shoes and making sure that that process is exactly what you want. And then even grab someone that has no idea what you are doing with that event and see if they can walk through that same scenario at ease and have all information to be able to make it a smooth transition. Now, um, do you share kind of behind the scenes or what's going on, what um, activations are happening where on social media? Yeah, we definitely try to keep up with it. Obviously, it can be a little challenging yeah. when you are live and you are in it, you're a worker, you are making sure that your pallet just arrived and you are trying to organize everything on the back end. But we do have our Instagram account where we're trying to at least make sure that we are posting on stories live at the event. What's the handle on that? So that is Stalls DFC. Perfect. Short and sweet. I love it. Easy yeah. to remember, right? All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, then please know that you can go to our YouTube channel, which would be Stalls TV, and you can actually see us having this conversation and you can kind of get a glimpse of what is going on behind the scenes and, of course, everything that's happening around us. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.